Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take note. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Watch this. He says, see, I have set before you an open door. And nobody can shut it. <laughs> you, you, you missed that. You, you, you missed it. He said, look, look at the name and said, there's an open door in front of you. And not even you can close it. Up until this point, some of you were your own worst enemy. And you'd find a way to mess up every good thing God gave you. But God says, in this time, in this hour, I set a door in front of you that no man, nobody, and use a man, use a body can shut. Are you still here? Watch this. He says, for you have a little strength, but you've kept my word. And when it was convenient to do it, that's the Bishop Foreman version, you didn't deny my name. Go to Second Chronicles 5. 2 Chronicles 5. Hallelujah. Second uh, Chronicles 5. And we want to welcome all those watching live tonight on the Internet campus. They're watching around the world tonight in Kenya and Pakistan. Uh, watching all over tonight. Hallelujah. Y'all do better than that. I said they're watching around the world tonight. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Go to verse 1. You're going to use your Bible a lot tonight in between picking yourself up off the floor. Look at the neighbor and say, it's going to be one of those nights. But you've been waiting on one. Verse 1, so all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. Look at me. Uh, In the last few months, God has been confronting you with everything in your life that has been out of order. And he's been doing that because he says, "Worth the place I have prepared for you, some of that stuff has to be dealt with before you can take it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, There are certain government jobs that they will not allow you to have because of the high-profile nature that they have, so they have to do an extensive background check to make sure that all your ducks are in a row. And God is saying, in the last few months of your life, I've been confronting you with everything that was not orderly because where I had to take you, the work had to be finished before I could show up. 
Watch this, verse 2. He says, now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city of peace, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Therefore, all the men of Israel assembled with the king at the feast, <laughs> which was in the seventh month. Somebody say, that's the feast of tabernacles. So all the elders of Israel came and all the Levites took up the ark. Then they brought up the ark in the tabernacle of meeting and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. Also King Solomon uh, and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing. Look at the neighbor say that must mean there was an altar there. The altar is the place of sacrifice, which means you cannot sacrifice something unless there has been an altar erected. But a sacrifice could not come until order had come. Okay, stay with me. We're going to work it like a part-time job. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 6. Also King Solomon, the congregation of Israel, who were assembled with him before the ark, were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. In other words, they were sacrificing so much they lost count of what it was that they thought they lost. You, you, you didn't hear what I just said. Uh, they were sacrificing so much that the multitude of what they had to sacrifice could not be counted. You ever had so much stuff coming at you that you didn't realize whether or not what you had or what you didn't have because so much was coming against you? Watch this. Then the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place and to the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim uh, spread their wings over the place of the Ark and the cherubim overshadowed the Ark and its poles. The poles extended so that the ends of the poles of the ark could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. Uh, say there was something going on inside that nobody else saw. <laughs> Verse 10, nothing was in the ark except the two tablets. Somebody say the word of the covenant, uh, which Moses put there at Oreb. Uh, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel and when they had come out of Egypt. And it came to pass that the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites, and uh, who were with the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jedithon, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, string instruments, and harps, and with 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass that when the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Look at your neighbor and say, when the atmosphere is right, anything's possible. There's some stuff that's not working in your life because your atmosphere stinks. I don't care how anointed you are, you can plant watermelon in Denver all day long and it's never growing because it's the wrong atmosphere. The season doesn't matter if the atmosphere is jacked up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this, watch this. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, his mercy endures forever, that the house 
the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. No, 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 no. I'm going to say it again because I was speaking in tongues so you didn't hear me. It said, when they were doing all of that as one, saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Now, that's interesting because I don't really understand the necessity of a cloud except that the cloud's getting ready to deposit something into the atmosphere that did not exist there before, which means if there's a cloud, there must be some... There has to be some rain. Otherwise, there's no need for a cloud. Verse 14. So that the priests could not continue preaching because of the cloud. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. They could not continue with service as usual because they had a divine interruption. They could not continue with life as usual because they had a divine interruption and the interruption was God's announcement. My glory's here and I'm ready to reign. Because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Two things, I'm going to let you sit down. Watch this. In the Tanakh, they could only have God in a corporate setting when the Ark of the Covenant was present. But in the renewed covenant, which we partake in, this isn't the only house. This is the house. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God's greatest gift to you is not your gifts. His greatest gift to you is himself. So before I preach, I just want to do what they did in the text so that we can just follow it. Watch this. Say, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Say it again. Say it until you see the cloud. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. For he is good. Now say, God, we want the cloud now. Speak tonight, Holy Ghost. Do what only you can do tonight. God, I would be honored if I couldn't even continue with what the word is that you've given me tonight. I wouldn't be upset one bit if I had to stop preaching and sit down. Because tonight we don't just need another church service. We come for the cloud. And if there's a cloud, must mean there's some rain. We invoke your presence, not your omni, but your manifested. 
And don't just reign in this building at 11,000 Yale. Reign in us. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. High five two or three people and say restore the altar. Restore the altar. Restore the altar. You can be seated tonight. I want to get right into this tonight. I want to lay foundation. Bishop Bright laid foundation yesterday dealing with obedience. I want to take it another further in dealing with foundation and all of that tonight. Uh, please understand God, and we have been teaching this to you, laid out a pattern of appointed times in Scripture called what? Feasts. These feasts were appointed times of holy convocations. They were meetings between God and men. That's what a holy convocation was. It's where God says, I set up before the foundation of time, a designated time to meet with you. And when I meet with you, I'm not just coming with stuff you already have. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, I'm not showing up for, to give you something that you already have. I'm showing up to bring you something that you currently lack. I said, are you still here? Uh, so now watch this. Please understand. The concept was is that if you miss your appointed time, that you miss God for that season of operation. I said this to you on Sunday. It is like the man that was beside the pool for 38 years. Once a year, the angel would come down and stir the water. But if he did not get in while he was close to breakthrough, he never experienced breakthrough. You ever been looking around at everybody else and said, how they getting in and how they getting in and how they getting in and they blessed and they blessed and they blessed. Lord, what's up with me? It is a sad thing to be around breakthrough and not experience it. It is a sad thing to be around victory and not experience it. It is a sad thing to be exposed to a king but not live like a king. Are you still here? Uh, so now watch this. Please understand this. There were seven feasts. I'm reviewing from Sunday. There were seven feasts, seven, the number of divine completion. We see the picture of those feasts as us being able to enter into God's rest. Please understand, God's rest is not predicated upon what is going on around you. His rest is predicated upon what is happening inside of you. You could have hell going on around you, man, but be just as much as restful and as peaceful as you could ever be because you understand that I have entered into God's rest. I am not a victim to these circumstances. These circumstances are ushering me to another place. You know the thing about a storm is that a storm is used to usher you from one place to the next. Is this on? A storm is used to take you from where you are to where it is you've been praying about trying to go. And the problem is, is you think that God is just supposed to elevate you and increase you and, you know, we took the next level and next dimension. But you do not understand that in between every dimension, in between every level is a storm. And that storm is like a hurricane. Please understand, when a hurricane gets going, there are things, as a matter of fact, a tornado is a better example. With a tornado, there are things that get going that when the tornado started, it picked some stuff up and it took it to a place that it was not before. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God is saying, I've been using the tornadoes and the storms and the hurricanes and the earthquakes and all of what's been going on in your life to usher you from this place to that place. Look at somebody say, I'm going somewhere. Uh, now, but watch this. Please understand. In those seven feasts, we entered into God's rest. Now, we are at the tail end of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's also the Feast of Booths. The Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of the Final Harvest, and Sukkot. It means that it is God's time to dwell with us. Touch somebody say, he's going to dwell with us. Hear me and hear me in the Holy Ghost. Before tonight is over, you're going to have that experience in that place called glory. And the only one that can stop it is you. Are you still here? Go to Exodus 23. Exodus 23. Exodus 23. Are y'all all right? 
Exodus 23. Y'all can't quit on night two. You got a whole other night. <laughs> Exodus 23, go to verse number 16. When you have it, say, I have it. Uh, we were here Sunday. And the feast of the harvest, the first fruits of your labor, which you have sown in the field, at the feast of ingathering, at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field, three times a year, all your males or heads of households shall appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, nor shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until morning. For the first of first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Watch this. Look at me. Where you at are at in your life is not by accident. I'm going to say it again. Where you are at in your life is not by accident. And you think that you're there because you met this and you did this and you know somebody and you know this and you know that. And God says the reason that you are where you are is because I have prepared a place for you and I have sent an angel. We talked about this on Sunday. A man of God before you to take you into the place I've prepared. Are you still here? Uh, so now watch this. He says, beware of him and obey his voice. Don't provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to your adversary. Watch this. An enemy is just not people. An enemy is anything that opposes your progress. Which means your enemy could be the things that you do in your free time, which are very unproductive. And you sitting rebuking and binding the devil, and the devil is your video game. Are you still here? Uh, John 10, 10, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. The thief, but please understand, most saints think that the thief, that's the devil. No, 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 no. Look at your neighbor. If you give them influence they shouldn't have, that's the thief. Who's stealing your time and stealing your energy and stealing your zeal and stealing your passion and calling you in the middle of the night, hussing and crying and all this because they wouldn't do what you told them to do two weeks ago? And you call it ministry. No, that ain't ministry. That's fevery. That's you stealing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. He says, but if indeed you obey his voice, I'll be an enemy to your enemy, adversary to your adversary. My angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, and I will cut them off, which means, I told you on Sunday, do what? Annihilate them. Verse 25, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from your midst. No one shall suffer miscarriage. Or be barren in your land, and I will fulfill the number of your days. And we talked about this on Sunday, about how, uh, please understand, you cannot continue to spiritually miscarry. And you cannot continue to spiritually abort. How much have you been pregnant with that you miscarried because you couldn't handle the pressure of the baby? You're the one said, God, use me. You're the one said, God, I will just take me as I am. Lord, if you can use anybody, use me. Well, you ought not pray stuff, and you don't know what it's going to do. I don't ever ask for nothing that I don't already know how it's going to work. When I ask questions, I'm not asking to find out the answer. I'm just calling to validate and make sure that what I thought was the answer is still the answer. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, 
25, verse 27, I will set my fear before you and I will cause confusion among all the people to whom uh, you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Let, let me help somebody understand something because some of y'all had some friends turn on you. Read the text. I'll make your enemies. You didn't realize that who you called your ace boon coon and who you called your best friend, you didn't realize that they were really your number one enemy. That's what the text said. Okay, watch this. Let me continue to move and preach how they like it in Denver. Verse 28. And I'll send hornets before you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year. In other words, it's not going to happen overnight. He said, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. He says, but little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have what? Increased and you inherit the land. In other words, God says, I'm going to take you through a process, but you cannot quit in the middle of the process because you don't like the way the process is going because you ain't the one that designed the process. And matter of fact, when I designed the process, I was not interested in your opinion about the process. And so your sentiments about it are quite frankly inconsequential because you're not the designer. You're just supposed to go through the process. Have five your neighbor and say, just go through the process. And that's the problem because don't nobody want process. What you wanted me to preach tonight is God's getting ready to do everything you want me to do by tomorrow. I got a word. Maybe. Because in the glory... But now watch this, watch this. He says, little by little, I'll drive them out before you until you have increased. In other words, until you have increased speaks now again to process, which means that increase is something that happens over time. But I got to make sure I measure it so that I am able to discern that I have increased. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. The problem with a lot of us is that we get very, and we were talking about this on Daystar today, the problem with a lot of folk is that they do not know how to be satisfied where they are because they didn't see that where they are is an increase from where they were. And so you're trying to get this and get that and get this and get that and get this and get that, but you're not realizing that he says, I've already allowed you to increase, but if you're so busy over here in the future that you never enjoyed the day that you're in, you're... <sighs> Look somebody and say, I enjoy the process. He says, and I will set, verse 31, your bounds from the Red Sea, uh, Philistia, from the desert of the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. But watch this. And I'll drive them out before you. Anoint yourself, and I'm going to do it. Turn it over to Jesus. And won't it work it out? Ain't God all right? No. He said, and you're going to drive them out before you. But you can't drive nothing out unless you've survived the process. That is the equivalent of me trying to go fight Mike Tyson. I'm anointed. I can speak some word over him. 
I can bless him, I can curse him, I can do all that. But when he comes with a right hook, that's all she wrote. Or bite my ear. And tell Oprah about it. Watch this. And so, look at somebody say, you've been being prepared. Look at somebody else. So you've been being prepared. And say preparation is necessary to be a king. Revelation 1 6. I feel like preaching just a little bit, but but Revelation 1 6, and he has made us to be what? Kings and priests. But here's what I found out. Kings were groomed. And they knew from birth, your destiny is to be a king because you are the father of the king. But you don't immediately become king. You got to start out as a prince. And endure process so that you'll be able to reign. Are you still here? Watch this. Verse 32. says, you shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Stay with me. When he says make a covenant with their gods, what he is saying is you should not worship or sacrifice to their gods. Which means you should not have an altar to anything except to that which I've ordained. It's amazing what folk will sacrifice for somebody that could care less about them. I never understood how a woman or a man could be battered and beat up and cussed out and tossed off the street and all this and go back. It never made no good sense to me. Because I'm saying, why is you, why do you have so much devotion? I got country for a little bit. Why is you? Why is you? Why is you got? <laughs> How do you have that much devotion to somebody that has proved to you they could care less about you? And God's problem was, he said, I'm the one providing for you. I'm the one loving you. I'm the one never left you. I'm the one never forsaken you. And you got the nerve to make a covenant and sacrifice to these fools. And get to me after you leave their house. Go to Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Watch this. Exodus 34. Say, restore the altar. Say it again. Say, restore the altar. Watch this. Go to verse number 22. Verse number 22. I want to connect you back to where we're at. So I need you to stay with me because I'm shifting. But you got to stay with me. Exodus 34, 22. And you shall observe the feast of wheat of the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. That's what we just read about in Exodus 23. He says, if you'll honor this feast, then this is all what I'm going to do. You understand? So we, 
memorialize the feast, realizing that it has been fulfilled in Christ. We're not trying to conjure up something that has already been done through Christ. All of the feasts I've taught you do what? Point to Christ as Moshiach or Messiah. Do you, are you still here? So now watch this. Verse number 23. Three times a year, uh, uh, three times in the year, all your men shall appear before the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. Watch this. Say four. Which means it's conditional, predicated upon the previous verse. Are you still here? So three times a year, your men or heads of household shall appear before the Lord your God, the Lord God of Israel. What are those three times of the year? Verse 22, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Ingathering, which is also the Feast of Tabernacles. Y'all a good class. So go to verse 24. For I will cast out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. Neither will any man covet your land when you go to appear before the Lord your God Three times in the year. What's this? God says, when you make what's important to me important to you, I have no problem giving you what you asked for. But I got a real big problem if what's important to me you get to when you can. God says, my desire is to be number one. And I don't share a number one spot with nobody. And the way I know I'm number one is not because you tell me I'm number one. Oh, let me just work that for a little bit because some of y'all have dated folk that told you you my number one. I love you. Baby, I've never met nobody like you. Of course you haven't. I only wanted me. But I love you. And I never hurt you. And I never lie on you. And I'm going to give you the sun, the moon, the rain, the stars. Baby, I'm going to give you everything and more. All that I got is yours. Sing it, because I'm going to give you everything. Brandon, get that ready. Okay, watch this. Y'all know me. Watch this. Watch this. And while when they were in front of you, they told you that. What you didn't know is the call they kept ignoring. One mama. The call they kept ignoring was the other number one. And when they finished telling you you were number one, they went over to the other number one and told them, I'll give you the sun, the moon, the rain, the stars, and the mountains. Now, they added something for the other one. 
Which means that my devotion to God is not just what by, what by what I say to folk. Which means my devotion to God cannot be, I go to church. I, you know, I, I, I'm there on Sundays. I go to midweek too. My devotion to God has got to be predicated upon how I live. See, I don't need you telling me that you love me, and yet your actions don't reflect that. Jesus said it like this. If you love me, do what I said. Which means then that what I say is quite frankly useless if it is not backed up. Which means that I may have people fooled and I may even have myself convinced, but God's not fooled. He knows whether or not I'm trying to play him. Which might explain why some stuff has been going on in your life year after year after year after year. Because you played me and you played the folk praying for you at the altar. But God says, I'm not fooled. You cheating on me. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Uh, you stepping out on me. And it's too late. Much too late. I did that for Carolyn, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> now go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. I just want to lay foundation, and then we're going to shout, and the glory is coming, and we're going to do it in a reasonable hour. Come on, somebody. I'm so thankful the glory is always on time. <laughs> it don't take them to 1130. It just does not. It don't. John chapter 7. Now I need you to see this. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. All right, you still here? Go to verse 2. I want you to read it. Ready, read. Was that hand? Stop. So the feast that we're getting ready to, to look through in John chapter 7 is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now we understand we are at the tail end. It, it ceased last week, but we are memorializing and celebrating it on this week by apostolic decree. Got it. So John 7, 2. Read it again. Now, was at hand. Go to verse 37. Verse 37. Ready? Read. The next one. He who... He said, in this feast, at the end of it, if you're in position for your appointment. That's why some folk that was here last night wasn't here tonight because they don't qualify for this. Because God says, what I'm getting ready to release tonight is not for CNI saints. 
It's not for folks that's been walking by what they see. It's for folks that's been saying, God, I know if I can just get myself in camp meeting, I know i got to take a few days off. I may have to lose a little bit of money. But if I can get to my appointment, I understand that something... If I can just get in the atmosphere... This was an invitation-only meeting tonight. Watch this. Go to Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. Hallelujah. Now, your neighbor may need some help finding Zechariah. It's right before Malachi. Malachi right before Matthew. If you're by maps, you went too far to the right. Do you have it? Where I tell you to go? You go to verse 16. Watch this. Watch this. Now, remember, we started out talking about what? Glory. And glory manifests in the form of a cloud. But there's no need for a cloud unless that cloud is filled with rain. Question is, is, well, what does the rain do? The rain produces harvest. Say a harvest of what? Of what you've been sowing. And some of you have been saying, I've been sowing money and I ain't seen nothing. Because you weren't in the right atmosphere. I've been showing love and everybody mean to me. Because you weren't in the right atmosphere. But now to the contrary of what you've been sowing. See, the reason some folk can't get no breakthrough is because they damn everything up with their mouths. And you just call it, you know, just, you know, I just cuss a little bit. No, you damning stuff up. But he knows your heart, though. He knows your heart. <laughs> he knows your heart. Watch this. Verse 16. Let's move. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came up to Jerusalem shall go up from year to year. To worship the king, the Lord of hosts, which, by the way, means the Lord who does battle for you. To keep the what? Feast the tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague from which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Which means this one must be pretty important. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to keep the, to come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So watch this. Here's what he's saying. God says, when you do not make what is important to me important to you, There'll be no rain. Now, let's follow the train of thought. If there's no rain, that must mean there was no cloud. If there was no cloud, there must mean there was no glory. If there was no glory, it must mean things were out of 
order and there was no sacrifice on the altar. I want you to get it tonight. I want you to shout and all that, but I want you to get it tonight. So God says, I do not give rain to people that do not make what's important to me important to them. Which means what I'm not saying to them is I'm not going to give them a house. I'm not going to give them a car. He said, that's not even, he said, that stuff is, that ain't nothing to me. All the gold is mine, all the silver is mine, all the cattle on a thousand hills, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God says, getting you money is like so not a problem for me. But you keep thinking that's the greatest gift. And I know you think that because you say stuff like this. If I just had a better job. If I just had some more money, if I just had a better car, if I just had some more education, if I just had this stuff, everything would be better. And God is saying, but you're missing it because what you're doing is not honoring me because you keep thinking that those gifts are the greater gifts. My greatest gift to you is myself. Because when glory comes... Everything else you need comes with it. And the problem is you've been trying to seek this, that, and the other opposed to seeking first the kingdom. If I could just get married, I'd be whole. Let me help you. If you're lonely before you get married... You're going to stay that way afterwards. Are you still here? If you are a mess before you get papers with somebody, thus saith God, you're going to be a mess. But you just got papers now. And God, have mercy, don't marry a mess. Because now you got X squared. You got an exponential mess. Let's turn the corner. Go to 2 Chronicles 15. We're going to turn this corner and we're going to get out of here. 2 Chronicles 15. 2 Chronicles 15. In the glory is everything that you could possibly need because in the glory is God. And God brings an atmosphere with him. Please understand, uh, 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 if, you, if you ever, uh, uh, there are certain people that you can be around and they have an atmosphere with them. And so things could be out of order, things could be jacked up, things could be messed up. But when a person walks in, a person carries an atmosphere with them. Please understand, kids could be acting crazy, acting a fool, jumping off the lights, eating cereal in the living room. <laughs> acting a mess. But when daddy opens that door, there's an atmosphere that comes in that changes everything. And God is saying, listen, when I step in the room, I'm bringing an atmosphere with me. That atmosphere is called kingdom. Kingdom is heaven's attributes. But you keep trying to get the stuff out the atmosphere without actually seizing the atmosphere. Are you still here? Where I tell you to go? Second Chronicles 15. Watch this. 
Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asah and said to him, Hear me, Asah, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. Which means God says, I'm not the one that moved. You did. I'm not the one that changed locations. You did. And so stop saying, I don't know. I just can't pray like I used to. I just can't worship like I used to. Because you're lazy. It's camp meeting, so I just, you know. I just can't enter in. Because you're carnal. And carnal men don't understand things of the spirit. But that's not my song. See, that's the problem. You think that worship is a song. See, I got to bring order first because for glory to come. See, if glory shows up when your, your mind is out of order, it'll... The high priest would go in and they would put at the end of his garments, they would put bells so that if the priest went in unclean or he offered a profane thing unto the Lord, he dropped dead in the glory. And when the bells stopped ringing, they said, well, he, he's gone. Come on, pull Johnny on out. Pull Chris on out. Must not have been right. Must have thought he could just do whatever he wanted to do. God was just going to take it. Are you still here? He says, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If, which means it's conditional, you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Here's what that means. God withdraws his love. It just means he withdraws his gift, which was his glory. That's why the psalmist said, don't take your presence from me. Don't take your spirit from me because I can lose a house. I can lose a car. I can lose some friends. I can use some money. I can lose some stuff. But if you leave me. Because I understand the only reason I got that stuff in the first place was because of you. It's not your education. It is not who you know. It is not your street sense. It is not, well, I just got a good sense. No, you don't know nothing. It is because of the grace and the mercy of God. Anybody thankful for his grace? That I, man, I don't deserve it, but his grace, his goodness and mercy are following me. All the di So... He says, verse 3, now this is, this is the caveat, this is the thing here, this is like I like to say, the juice. Because for a long time, Israel, say that's me, had been without the true God. Now that's peculiar because I'm trying to figure out why he would need to differentiate himself from the false gods. When we look at God, God just deals with source. God is not God's name. God is a German word, which is derived from the word Gudan, which is a word that was assigned uh, to speak of God because the Jews did not want to utter his name, his real name, which is we refer to as Tetragrammaton, which means Yudhe Wavhe. 
They don't utter that name because they serve him in fear. We utter that name because that name dwells in us. But he said, for a long time, it's not that they weren't without a God or something that they sacrificed to and something that they worshipped. For a long time, they just didn't worship the right thing. It's not that they weren't going to church. It's just when they were going to church, they left Jesus there. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest. I couldn't find nowhere to get the word. I didn't have nobody to teach me the word. I didn't have nowhere to go where I can learn and grow. But what you doing with what you getting? It is amazing. Church folk amaze me. Not harvest folk, church folk. There's a difference. There's a difference. We make no apologies for that difference. But church folk, you know them because they're always talking about the next level. Going deeper in God. Going into their destiny. Apprehending their destiny in life. I'm going somewhere in God. And God. <laughs> I'm going somewhere in God. <laughs> but the trip is, them same folk that's been going somewhere in God, been trying to get there for 15 years. I got an announcement to make. It don't take that long. It does not take God 40 years to do something great. You can choose the 40-year plan or you can choose the 11-day journey. I don't know about you, man, but I'm not going with the 40-year plan. Are you still here? So they didn't have the true God, and they didn't have anybody to teach them the word. But just not that. Read the next part. They did not have the law. Now, we understand, and I've taught you law. We understand it's Torah, the mitzvah, and all of that. For us, it means they did not have the word of the covenant. Are you still here? Which means that they were having church. But leaving stupid. Thousands of them was filling up auditoriums. Shouting. And leaving. Jacked up. On a crack high.
Watch this. Watch this. Here's what he's saying. The problem was, was the progression. They could not know the true God because he has to be taught and caught. Because they did not have someone to teach them the word. And because the word of the covenant was not being taught, they were not able to walk in that which he had ordained. Which means that a bunch of folk were sitting around shouting, and God says, I'm not even there. Preachers and preacherettes watching me online, just because y'all roll on the flow until midnight, that is wonderful and great exercise. And it's good for you sometime. But if you leave and don't know your covenant, you stupid. And it's amazing because people will come and check out, they say, a church like Harvest. Check it out. And the problem I got with checking it out is that's two-way street. You talking about whether or not you like me. The question is, do I like you? <laughs> that's because my preacher, I ain't got to like everybody. But I do, I do. Amen, I do. I do. <laughs> Y'all know me. I love everybody. I love everybody. Amen. Amen. Being facetious, Carolyn. Amen. <laughs> What's this? What's this? What's this? And now hear a word that will confront them with growth. And the word is so powerful and it's so poignant and it gets right to the heart of the matter. But because it's too real, and the reality is. I would come back, but I'm comfortable being stuck. I like being able to tell my preacher what he's going to preach because he preached it five times already. And I know the script. You cannot know God without a teaching priest. Well, me and the Lord, we have time at home. That is wonderful. You ought to. But the book said, the text said, that is insufficient. How can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach? Lest he be sent. Amos 3, 6. Surely the Lord God does nothing except to reveal it first. Are you still here? Watch this. Verse 4. But when in their trouble... They turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him. He was found by them. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city. For God troubled them with every adversity. Which means God says, I was the one that approved the trouble. Satan, where have you been? Walking to and fro amongst the earth. Have you considered my servant, Job, that there's none like him in all the earth? 
gossip, gossip. I was the one that let them walk out. I was the one that let them lay you off. I could have stopped it. I could have blocked it. But the process was necessary. I'm going to connect these dots for you in just a moment. Are you still here? Watch this, verse 7. But you be strong and do not let your hand be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Where do we start in Revelation chapter 3? I know your work. God says, I've been seeing your faithfulness. I've been seeing your consistency. I've been seeing the changes you've been making. I've been watching, and I'm going to open a door for you that even you can't shut. But what did I say on Sunday? The door can be open all day long, but you got to move in the house. Let me connect these dots. Watch this. Watch this. But be strong. Do not let your hand be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Esau heard these words of prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. And watch what he did, though. He heard him say, God's getting ready to open the door. No man can close it. Turn to the Lord. Be with God. He'll be with you. He heard all that, and he got real excited about it. The Bible says he did what? Took courage, which means he got encouraged by what he heard. But touch your neighbor and say, then he did something. Which means that he didn't leave church without the CD. He just didn't. Because he understood that once he left, there was going to be some action he needed to take. And there was going to be no way for him to remember all the action to take. So he needed to replay and rehearse it. I promise you if they had CDs, he would have got it. I promise you. Watch this. Look at it. He said he took courage. He got excited. But look at what he did. He removed the idols. From the land of Judah and Benjamin, from the cities which he had taken, the mountains of Ephraim, and restored the what? Altar of the Lord. That was before the vestibule of the Lord. Here's what he did. The Lord right there, you see it in all little caps like that, which means that is God's covenant name, yud heh wav -Heh. Which means God says, this is important to me because you're not using my street name. You know folk got a street name for you? Tussie Pop or, you know. Lil Ray, your name is Keith, you know, and he, Lil Ray, you know. <laughs> Junebug, Pookie. God says, I'm not using my common name here. I'm using my covenant name. Which means this is important because you don't just get to say that casually. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Use it casually. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me because I need you to see it. He removed the idols. He removed the distractions. He removed all of the junk that kept him from serving God. Which means that there were probably friends and relationships that, that he said, listen, I got to get this stuff out of my way because it is an idol. It is an idol because it distracts me from God. 
anything that distracts you from God is an idol. And the thing about idols is God says, I'll be jealous about that thing and give me a little time and I'll even remove the thing. Watch it. And he restored the altar of the Lord. Then he gathered, verse 9, all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Simeon. For they came over to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw uh, that the Lord God, his God, was with them. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, the 15th year of the reign of Asa, and they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls, 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Which means that it's possible to seek him with half heart and half soul. What's this? And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. In other words, they said, listen, if we don't have a corporate atmosphere with this thing, you will mess up what he's trying to do for me. I used to get upset when folk would walk out and be out of my life and all this, and then God spoke something to me. He said, they would contaminate what it is I wanted to do. And you do not allow everybody and everything in a delivery room. Because they will sneeze and make your baby sick. Watch this. Then they took an oath before the Lord God with a loud voice with shouting and trumpets and ram's horn. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul, and he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest. Where? That's interesting because I told you earlier that the rest was internal. But God says this rest would be now that's interesting because because if I'm not just going to have rest internally and I'm also going to have it externally that must mean that there is something internal that is more powerful than that external that is being manifested. You, you know, let, me, let me say it for your neighbor. Because you, you got it, but your neighbor didn't. Or, or says, God says, out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. Your words are spirit, which means they create atmospheres. You, you, you ever been in a good mood and somebody say something to you a little off and it totally changed the atmosphere? Okay, watch this. God says, there will be an overflow of rest in you to where you create an environment around you that reflects that that is happening inside of you. The problem is, and you real spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, is they are not a thermostat. They're a thermometer. 
They don't set the temperature. They respond to the temperature. Which means that I have the ability to manifest glory from up out of me. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Do you not know that you are the temple? of? Okay, so that means that glory is not coming from up there. That means glory is not coming from out here. That means glory is coming up out of here and changing what's going on out here. I wish you'd look at somebody and say, watch me manifest glory. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Say atmosphere. atmosphere. (laughs) Now watch this. That's why I needed to get us. God is not going to rain from up there. The rain is coming from out of here. And that's why sometimes lately the enemy has fought you so hard to worship and fought you so hard to pray to the point to where you go to bed. You normally pray for 15 minutes. You're so tired from your day. You roll in the bed. Oh, he bobo, Mr. Mr. Subaru Honda. And you roll in there and ain't done no work. Because the enemy understands Luke 17, 21. For the kingdom is not here or there, but it is. Are you still here? So God is saying, because they had no teacher to teach them how I worked, they never experienced me. But look at your neighbor and say, there's a teacher in the house. Tell him there's a man of God in the house. So I have no excuse. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Watch this. Verse 15. The end of it. And he was what? Found by them. Here's the deal. Where was he lost? God got lost? I got the Holy Ghost. I got him. You know how folk be talking about church. They be trying to describe it and they say, when so-and-so caught the Holy Ghost, how you? God says, what they found was a consciousness of that which was already in them. You're not, you're, not, you're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, what they found was a consciousness of that which they already possessed. Okay, I'm going to say it again because your neighbor's not getting it. Have you ever left some money in a suit? Or some jeans? I left a check in a suit from months ago. And I didn't realize it until somebody told me. You didn't cash that check. And I'm thinking, well, please understand, that was certainly an accident. <laughs> Bring ye all ties into the storehouse, you understand? I would never have done that intentionally. I don't want to throw you off. 
And I certainly don't want to be thrown off. I had possession of something that increased me. For months. And I did not realize it until somebody said to me, you have not cast that which I've already given you. And I had to go find something that wasn't really lost. I just didn't know exactly where it was. And so I went home. I scoured my office and everything and all that. I went home and I said, you know, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You are to manifest now. Money cometh now. I says, manifest now. So I went through a suit that I had worn months ago. And I went through the pockets and found out that the check was in my pocket the whole time. Now you saying, you know, oh, that's a good story. I'm thinking about all of what I could have been doing. I could have went to the show. I could have got some shoes. I could have got a hair. Well, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> I could have been using what I had. God is saying to harvest tonight, my glory is not out there trying to come in here. My glory's in here trying to get out there. Somebody say, but before he'll let you come into a consciousness of it, the text said he restored the altar. He restored the place of sacrifice. He restored, watch this, the place of worship. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some of you that the last few months you've been not even saying, you've been saying, I don't, you don't even know who you are anymore. And you can't figure out this and you can't figure out that. and You don't know whether this and that is going on because God is saying, I've been asking you to sacrifice and the sacrifice I've been looking for is you. And God says, I'm placing you on the altar. Because, watch this, my greatest gift to you is not my gifts. My greatest gift to you was that I placed glory in you. And what you have to do is be aware of that, which is already in you, and cause it to manifest outside of you. You want to know how to find out a liar? Catch him in a lie. That's what you do. You, you, you want to find glory? Sacrifice. Sacrifice what, Bishop? What you want me to give? Whatever the Lord wants, I'll give it to him. Okay, you better quit saying stuff like that. Is he going to come asking for some stuff? Okay, Abraham, whatever I want. Okay, bring Isaac up. 
Whatever you want to give me, okay, great. God says, what I need tonight at this moment in this service is sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't sacrifice if it's convenient. Sacrifice, watch this, is not sacrifice if you're comfortable. And the reason during praise and worship and all this, we're trying to get to a place, we are trying to get to a place to where you're giving him the sacrifice of praise or uncomfortable praise because in that sacrifice you will come into a consciousness of glory are you getting this so let's manifest tonight look at your neighbor say let's manifest tonight god we honor you and we bless you tonight we thank you for waking us up to a consciousness of that which is already in us. Your greatest gift to us is not some spiritual gift. Your greatest gift to us is yourself. And God, we repent now for chasing everything but you. We repent tonight for going after everything except that which was already placed in us. And tonight, just like Assad did, we restore the altar tonight. Which means, Father, over these next few moments, we're going to get uncomfortable in our worship. Which means whatever we normally do won't be good enough tonight. Because we come to see a cloud, and we've come to see rain manifest from that cloud. Your word declares, Father, Isaiah 40, just listen, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak, speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has ended. I don't know who that's for. But God says, when you wake up to a consciousness of glory, the stuff you've been fighting with no longer becomes a fight anymore. <clears throat> the decisions you've been wrestling with no longer even become a wrestling match because you understand clearly what it is you ought to do. That her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places should be made straight and the rough places smooth. Here's why. Because the glory of God shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. God, we hear us, and we know that you always hear us. Manifest glory from us. Fill us with the cloud. And God, we humbly ask you to fill this room tonight. For the Lord, he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And God, I declare that in these next few moments, 
every crooked place that has been in the lives of your people shall be made straight. And every mountain, as Bishop Bright ministered last night, every mountain shall now become a valley, which means that it no longer becomes an obstacle anymore because it is not us trying to do it. It is glory doing it. And we're ready tonight, Jesus. I said, we're ready tonight, Jesus. I said, we're ready tonight, Jesus. I said, we're ready tonight, Jesus. Harvest, I don't know really what it is you're waiting on. I said, we're ready tonight. I said, we're ready tonight. 